Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone. This is uh, the How to Raise Money podcast, and I'm Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Uh, Raymondo, how the devil are you today? Uh, yes, very good, Nigel. Still uh, answering emails from our previous few podcast episodes where people are writing in with uh, requests for assistance. Um, yeah, all good in the hood, as they say. Um, Excellent. And uh, some interesting things going on out there, but I think the general sort of consensus is that some lenders not all but some lenders are uh extracting the michael extracting yeah they're taking the taking the piss they are starting you know when somebody is uh in a position um how can i put it not over a barrel but you know when when you're in a position and you've got to complete a transaction or do something um you know, it's not very nice when they hold a gun to your head, which is quite often what they tend to do because they know you've got nowhere to go. And it's all down to a thing called a sunk cost fallacy, isn't it? You've you've put time and effort, probably you've spent a bit of fees uh, in it, and you don't want to see that all gone to waste. But interesting how some older developers that I've seen, I mean, there was one guy, he was at, he'd, he'd sunk about a hundred grand into a project between architects fees, planning fees and various other things. And when he sat down and did the math, as they say, um, he decided just to let it go. He wasn't going to take the finance that was on offer because it basically wiped out all the profit. And he was probably looking at a further loss. So he said, I just had to cut my losses. You know, he said it was a pain and it really hurt me. But all it would have meant is two years of heartache, struggle and pain. And I would have lost more money based on what they were offering. And I just wasn't going to do that. So he decided to pull the plug. Now, that was only a matter of a few weeks ago. And there's already rumblings of it being resurrected. And it's not him that's resurrecting it. It's the lender saying, well, okay, we might have been a bit harsh. We can perhaps do a deal at this, which is interesting. Um, but he at least sat down, got the spreadsheet out, worked it all out and went, you know what? Nah, this doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. I know I've, I've lost, you know, I've put architect's fees in the various other things and the planning and it's just going to have to go. And when I spoke to him and I said, well, is, is the planning is it actually really lost? And he went, well, if we found a similar site, then the drawings and the planning and the layout could, or sorry, the drawings and the layout could be used for that site. So no, it's not lost, not completely lost on this site. Obviously the planning application fees and all the rest of it, they're lost. But so uh, he's probably lost half the money, not all of it, but yeah. still. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ray, it, it's interesting times, and, and certainly uh, we've spoken to a lot of people who, when they get into property, and and this episode actually stemmed and was sort of kicking a few ideas around from the the huge response we've had about these uh, liens, uh, mm. L I E N, 
um, thing that we've been talking about in the last few uh, episodes. And we've been sort of saying to people, look, if you find yourself in a tricky situation, if you're wanting a bit of a sounding board, maybe just throw a few things at us. We'll just sort of go, hmm, and, and maybe give a couple of suggestions or a few thoughts or ideas. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of this, today's episode is built on that. So uh, what you're talking about there is, um, we've seen it time and time again. People get excited about property and they drive past their building and they suddenly think, my goodness, I've driven past this building for ages. Uh, now I know there's five different ways I can make a huge amount of money from this property. Isn't it amazing? And all the rest of it. And they get a bit carried away. And what they tend to do is they tend to make the figures fit their ideal uh, outcome for the particular building. And we tend to become then very subjective rather than objective. And what you're talking about there, where somebody's put some money in and they've sunk that money into that project and then has decided to be objective about it and say, well, actually, you know, I need to cut my losses here and yep. I need to just move on. That is a rare thing, folks. That's a rare thing. If you've ever seen, um, Ray, back to your favorite sport, if you've ever seen Tiger Woods at golf, he had this incredible knack. Now, I think it's slightly premeditated, but the it, it's a weird one. He's about to hit a drive. So he's about to crank it up, give it full power, and he, he starts. Now, for most people, once they've started that golf swing, it doesn't matter if a squirrel lands on their head, their partner falls over, or whatever. Somebody shouts, screams, or whatever. They carry on because they just don't know how to stop. Tiger Woods had this ability to stop mid-swing, generally to turn around and glower at somebody who'd made the faintest of noises or something. Uh, however, what, what I mean by that is most of us, once we set things in motion, we just don't know how to stop. So that's a really good point here, folks. If it doesn't feel right, if the numbers on your spreadsheet aren't stacking up, do not try and fudge things. We are hearing of too many people at the moment who think that they can i mean I, i'm in a group and it just makes me laugh because it's trades people who post uh emails that they've had from people saying i'm wanting uh the uh i've got a three i've only got a three bed semi so they're already framing it as this is cheap i've only <laughs> got a three bed semi i want every room decorated ceilings you know door skirts and walls and everything thinking uh who'd like to do it for 300 quid or something and it's just like you know the the people on there it's their responses that make me chuckle uh, on this thing so you look at it and you go and i think to myself someone there has got a budget and all they've got is 300 quid and they are now thinking if i can't get this for 300 quid i'm going to lose money hand over fist well what we're finding here at the moment folks is supply of trades supply of supplies has escalated interest rates have gone up and people are now sort of thinking how the hell am i going to make this work because my numbers here were a bit of a back of the fag packet type numbers and now as i'm getting to each job they are becoming eye-wateringly excruciatingly squeaky bum time amounts what the hell am i going to do mm. and this is this is the problem and obviously this guy's had a look at it he's probably assessed things objectively everyone else is subjectively and they're emotionally attached to it he's just looked at it and gone 100 grand right boom 
forget it. I'll make a hundred grand on the next thing. Uh, mm. And there's far easier ways of making a hundred grand than trying to get this project, which could take two years of headspace, time, money, and effort to just break even. So you're still a hundred grand down. Whereas, you know, he's gone, nah, forget it. I'll use that two years and the other things and all the rest of it to make the hundred grand back on something else. That's an incredible yep. skill. But the yep. thing that we wanted to talk about today, Ray, was the fact that what we've seen is, and we've always spoken about this on the how to raise money, when time is getting short, when you are under the cosh, when you are being pressurized, the cost of of raising money goes up quite a lot. And at the moment, again, what we're seeing is a lot of people who started deals that took bridging or short-term finance at a certain rate, and they felt sure that um, solicitors would do would do all the paperwork within an afternoon. They felt <laughs> certain that the planning officer for their particular case would give a decision within a week. They felt that the, the bank would do it. The remortgaging, the financing would uh, happen within a couple of weeks. The trades would be falling over themselves to come and do the project. The supplies and the materials, they'd have had a stock you know, that hidden little garage full of everything that your project needs that they tucked away at 1983 prices that they're going to pass on to you at cost. And all these things are going to happen super fast, super easy and all the rest of it. And your bridging or short term finance that you took on for 12 months. Well, that's no problem because you'll have sorted it all in six months, refinanced it and you'd be moving on. Alas, what are we finding at the moment? We're finding that solicitors are taking months and months and months and months. And in my mm. particular case, and months and months and months. Um, the, the planning, that could take forever. And they are quite happy to go beyond their statutory uh, time limits because they don't have the staff. They don't have the ability to to actually do it. So they're just defaulting and going beyond it. But, you know, all these things, trades take longer. Things get delayed. Supplies coming in from overseas or something uh, have tripled in price. All these factors, folks, are just meaning that what's happening, it's putting a squeeze on that deadline for your short-term financing. And what happens then? What happens at the end of the 12-month period? Well, typically, you try and go back to them to say, ah, yes, now then, you know I said I'd repay it well within 12 months and yes i know it's 11 months three weeks four days at the moment mm -hmm. um but you know is it all right if we just roll it over on the same terms and ray what's their typical response to that um yeah well yes of course we can um you know i, I actually had this conversation with the head of astl 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 which is the association of short-term lenders okay he was in the back of his car, nice guy. He was chatting away to me. And this was when uh, I, I'd made an application that, that you know, back in the day, we should join the Association of Short-Term Lenders. And he was absolutely delighted, you know, blah, blah, blah. The fees are this, the fees are that. And he said, the wonderful thing about the Association of Short-Term Lenders is when people default, that's where we make our money. That's exactly what he told me. That's where we make our money on defaults. Now, You've got to be very careful, and, and I'm not just talking about members of association of short-term lenders because uh, it's not them, okay, that do that, that engage in this nefarious behaviour. Um, 
but when you're dealing with a lender, whether it's a bank or a private lender or or any one of the uh, brokers that are around or whatever it is, be very careful because they'll say one thing and do another. And by that, I mean, they'll tell you it's okay, absolutely no problem, but you need to get that from them in writing quite quickly, along with the terms, along with the amended terms. In other words, is there a, is there a fee to, for extend, extension fee, which there nearly always will be? You need to get all of that in writing and don't leave it too late because some of the times what they'll do is if you've got a a 12 month, let's say, um, and you're at month 10 and you say, well, look, I'm not going to pay it back on month 12. I'd like an extension. You need to give a two month window because what they may do is they may turn and say, well, actually, before we can extend this, we need another valuation we need someone else to take a look at it you will have got a valuation it's already there that valuation yeah but that's a year ago or that was from 18 months ago we need an up-to-date one now you might think it's a simple matter of contacting the valuer that did the one 18 months ago and he'll come along and confirm it and if that's the case that's great but usually what they'll do is they're not going to do that they're going to say well i'll have to come out and take a look at it and i haven't got a window in my diary for the next six weeks um you know, and I'll have to take a look and make sure it's still there. And it's still, well, yes, it is. It's still standing. It's all still there. There's been no material changes whatsoever. Well, that's all very well. But if they're going to put their name to it, they have to see it for themselves. They cannot take your word for it. And that's the sort of change over the last few years that's happened. Because on Friday, I had a conversation with a lawyer and he said, uh, oh, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm going to have a great weekend because I've just completed this the deal you know, this morning. So he completed it at 10 a.m. Friday last week, which was already uh, beyond the deadline of the previous week that they'd set. But I said, well, that's good. How long did that take? He said, 10 months. And I said to him, 10 months? How long should it have taken? About three. I said, so it's taken 10 months? He said, yes. And I said to him, well, what's, what's the problem? Why are they taking so long? And he said to me, oh, people working from home, people working from abroad, um, doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency around, but on, but that, but also lenders seem to be reluctant to let the money go. You know, they, they, they'll agree a deal, but they seem to be reluctant to let money go because there's always something happening and changing that's, that's making it, you know, um, that's changing the landscape. Whether that's, you know, are the Bank of England meeting, is there going to be another interest rate rise? And I said to him, well, that shouldn't, surely shouldn't matter because if you're doing a, a deal, it's usually a percent over base or something anyway. So if the base rate changes, fine. He said, yes, but within that kind of strange way, well, the base rate might go down. And what some of them are looking at is saying, well, let's fix the rate rather than be rather than be um, variable. Let's fix it because it's probably going to go down. So they're looking at it always. But he said, um, there just seems to be a general malaise around over getting things done quickly. And that, that, would, that was never the case. But again, if people are not in the office, they're not getting, you know, they're not getting prompted by superiors or or whatever it is. Um, they're not having somebody stick their head in the door and going, how are you getting on with that deal? Can you get it across the line? You know, there, there's a lot of things that are having a knock on effect and stretching things out. So as Nigel says, be very, you know, be very careful because the rates do change. But also, um, if you are looking, um, you know, you're staring down the barrel of actually I've got to pay back a loan in a couple of months' time, and it doesn't look like I'm going to do it. Sooner rather than later. Get in touch with them sooner rather than later, because if you do leave it too late and they have literally got you over a barrel, they will uh, add in punitive rates 
that will probably render the whole deal uh, unprofitable. And if it's unprofitable, there's not a lot of point in doing it because you're just going to be working, um, you know, to give someone else money. You're not going to get anything for yourself if you've if you've not, you know, got the figures exact. And Nigel, being the accountant, knows all about getting the figures exact, don't you, Nigel? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, ask any accountant what are the figures, and the accountant will say, "What do you want them to be?" <laughs> uh, but that, that's a different that's a whole different podcast episode but yeah right i mean this is this is so true so really the the point of this podcast episode was the fact that someone has, has highlighted and said look i'm in a situation where uh you know there's been for whatever reason delays that um it, it feels like these delays are excessive i you know i, I agree with ray we've got um a kind of, well, it's no skin off my nose type attitude of people involved in producing paperwork reports, whatever it is, they can go at their own timescale. They're, they're blissfully unaware or they are well aware, but blissfully don't care. The fact that you're on the hook for paying interest and that you've got a clock that's running because it, it would appear that no one else seems to have that same clock running to any great degree. And what do we you know what's the point of this why are we reminding people of this well here's the thing if you let's say you've got short-term bridging 12 months but you've then agreed with them at the start of this before you get that 12 months bridging if you said right okay if i get to month nine or ten and i think it's going to go beyond i'd like to agree terms right here right now on day one for a further 12 months or a further six months or whatever it might be now, at that point, at that point, you may get better terms than if you try and do this right at the end of your initial 12 months. So that's point number one. Try and set things up up front, get it agreed so that then you can trigger the rollover and you know where you are. Point two of that is if you know what that second 12 months penalty interest is or different rate of interest, or even if you can get it to roll over at pretty much the same amount you can do a couple of things you can put that into your budgeting you can put that into your cash flow uh, and what does that mean it means that you know what you've got to manage now as ray says at the end of 12 months if you've got to do a new valuation the trouble is you can't get your own valuer out there it'll be someone from their panel it'll be someone that they do it'll be three and a half five grand minimum could be anything who knows what so you can put that into your cash flow and say right in 12 months time i need five grand in the account to pay for pay for this revaluation that i know is going to happen and then mm -hmm. you can say oh they'll want an, an arrangement fee what the hell they're arranging i don't know but they'll want another fee and instead of being one percent of the loan value it's now two percent of the loan value or whatever again a chunk of money it could be 2000 it could be 10000 whatever put that into your cash flow forecast so at the end of month 12 not only are you going to be paying per month a higher interest rate on the loan that you've taken but you may have a lump sum of 5 10 15 20 25 50000 pounds that you need to have available and the one thing that you don't want to be in is a position where you get to that 12 month point you've managed to trigger the fees uh, the the rollover of, of the short-term finance but you haven't got the money for the fees and you're scrabbling around and you're wanting to borrow fifty thousand pounds from someone um how are you going to pay that 50 grand back because 
your deal, the reason you're going to be on 12 months is everything's slow and all the rest of it. Mm. So you need to look at things and think to yourself, okay, let's arrange 12 months. That's with a fair wind, fingers crossed and all the rest of it. Let's go worst case scenario, worst case scenario, another 12 months. Okay, can we agree some terms for that? Can we agree that when we get to the end of 12 months, you don't need to revalue, please? Can we agree that you don't need to do another arrangement fee? Can we just agree that we'll pay you two and a half grand to roll it over as an admin fee or something like that? You might then you know, reduce the amount as, that you need as a lump sum in your cash flow at the end of 12 months. You might also get a better interest rate for the next 12 months. And it might just be a smoother, less stressful process because when you are running out of time and you know things are not going to happen, that really does take up your headspace and can really mess with you. So, Ray, I, I just thought, you know, what's been brought up with several people that have, have written into us recently are, gosh, aren't there a lot of things that can go wrong in terms of time, uh, time that things take? Isn't there a lot that can delay things? Isn't there a lot that can change that you'd never really factored in? And when you put all that together, folks, if you're just starting out on one of these, you're going to the how to raise uh, point of, you know, how much to raise for how long and all the rest of it, be really brutally pessimistic. It's the only time you should ever be so when you're doing these things, because every other day of the week, you need to be super optimistic. But the one time you want to be pessimistic is with how much, how long it's going to take and cost you, because that way, if you really, if you really err on the side of nightmare, um, <laughs> hopefully the only way is that you get, you know, things don't cost as much. Things happen a little bit better and all the rest of it. So when you're thinking about that, it, it just made me think, um, yeah, line yourself up for what happens when the 12 months it's not repaid. Yeah. Um, and, and what are the ways that you can mitigate that? You can't get rid of it completely, but agreeing it now might make it cheaper in 12 months time if things haven't quite worked as quickly as you hoped so i i just thought that was that was worth throwing back out there for for people there ray so there we go now they will argue that that well actually that's a 24 month loan if you want 12 and a 12 month extension but no that's not it what you're saying is you want to get everything complete within the 12 months and just in case it doesn't you don't want to be renegotiating everything just in case so it's not a 24 month loan you know you're hoping it will be a 12 month loan so yeah, Nigel's absolutely right there. You need to get these things organized, advanced, way in advance, way ahead of time, just in case, because more and more it seems to be happening. Anyway, all right, that's been a very quick episode. I uh, hope that's been helpful. I've been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Best. We'll see you soon, folks. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?